This is dedicated to all my beautiful queens, all my beautiful ladies out there. She is a queen. episode of the QChat podcast. Today I have a very special guest. I'm super excited to talk to her. We were already chatting it up before I hit record. I have a filmmaker by the name of Miss Antoinette Fernandez. And she's a multi-award winning filmmaker and screenwriter. And some of the prestigious awards that she's been a part of has been the Montreal Independent Film Festival, the Venice Short Film Festival, and the Los Angeles Cinema Festivals of Hollywood. So we're going to have a great chat about her career and what got her started. And she's going to drop some gems too for people who are interested in joining this career. How are you doing today? I'm doing super, super good. Happy to be here. And if you don't want to call me Antoinette, you can call me Tony for short. Okay. Everyone calls me Tony. Um, I use Antoinette because it is my name, but um, mm-hmm. you could call me Tony for short. It's like my nickname, but it it, it it's me. It's me, okay. but I'm well, I'll call you Tony. So before yeah. we get started, I'm starting something new where I like to let my guests give like a short introduction to themselves. So what would you like to start off with people that's going to tune in or listen? What would be like the first thing that you would like to introduce yourself as? I actually am fun, believe it or not. Everyone always thinks I'm so serious, like because I'm real, um, I'm a somewhat of a perfectionist when it comes to work, right? So I like to joke around. As I was telling you, I'm very sarcastic with my jokes, which gets me in a lot of trouble sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I'm from Boston, all right? I'm definitely from where a team of winners. I'm sure you guys heard of the Patriots when Tom Brady was on our team, but left us. We're still not mad. Um, but New Edition came from here, Aerosmith, Mark Wahlberg, um, Ben Affleck. So a lot of stars were born here, right? So um, from one of those places that I want to put my city on a map as well. Um, it's a inspirational stories. And I'm a Gemini. So don't believe everything okay. you hear. Gemini's were all uniquely different. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so what got your start into filmmaking and screenwriting? Like, what have you always had that aspiration as a child, or is that something that happened later in life? I never wanted to be a filmmaker. When I was growing up as a kid, I wanted to be a lawyer, right, first, because my mother would always kind of make us, we had, she gave us time to come up with the truth, right? So it's almost like you had to think of a real good reason why you did something to justify it. But as I grew up as a child, I began to do music. So my sister, um, Sherilyn, she passed away five and a half years ago. She was a singer and I was the rapper, right? So all I wanted to do was be a rap star. That's all I wanted to be. She was the singer. I was the rapper. We gonna we were going to be like the next big thing doing this because that's all we knew. That's all we love to do, right? However, when she passed away, that all stopped. But prior to her passing away, my aunt, God rest her soul, um, I always say when you caught me on a good day, because when I talk about them, sometimes I end up cracking, but today's mm-hmm. day not one of those days but my aunt was a published writer and she would Mm. say um I won best female rap artist at the New England Urban Music Awards back in 2008 and I was so excited and she was like congratulations congratulations and a few days later she called me up she said Tony I really think you should just take your songs and turn them into film I, I'm working, I, I found this animation thing that I know you'll love it. You should just try that because you really, the way you write it, it you should make it into stories. Because again, I wasn't writing 
hit songs like Shake Your Booty and I Want to Set You Up, things like that. It was more like what I was going through as a child, right? As growing up, anything I went through, I talked about it. So say if you were my best friend and you made me mad, I would write a song about you, right? And it would be very detailed, right? So you Mm -hmm. would be able visualize it so my aunt would say I it's how you write Tony I would definitely long story short I ignored her for years years I really was so mad at her I thought she was trying to make me not do something I wanted to do which was be in the music business and then I met this guy from Sony Music his name was Mark he heard of me um he was at the Urban Music Awards when I won so he wanted to see my stuff, listen to my stuff and try to get me a record deal. And he said to me, Tony, you should really try to do film. So that's the second person that told me that. And then mm-hmm. it's my, do you know, I stopped talking to him because he told me that. And mind you, this is the guy who works for Sony because I was so into like, this is my path. This is what I want to do. I don't want anybody to get in my way. But there's that saying, when you're supposed to do something, it will keep coming back to you until you do it. Mm -hmm. So my sister died. I lost all interest in music. And I just I just began to do local um, um, writing video treatments for local rappers and singers. And then I would start filming their videos. A guy one day asked me to help him out and threw a camera in my hand. And the rest is history. So they would be like, Tony, you're the next Spike Lee. And I would be like, no, I'm not. But I was still depressed because of my sister's death. And mm-hmm. my friend, like, Tony, you used to have the juice. What's going on? You can't stay depressed like that. Like, I'm from the streets and I had many people die, but you got to keep going. And I was mm-hmm. like, you know what? I told them I wrote this script that said I still got the juice, which meant me, I still got the juice, even though my sister passed away. And that's how it, it started. And then I took Still Got the Juice to New York and learned from a lot of good people out there. And I entered a ton of festivals. And that's where we are today, like 73 awards later. Wow, that's amazing. Who are some of the people in, because I know you mentioned Spike Lee. Are there any specific screenwriters, directors, actors that have inspired you or who you may fast some of your work to? Absolutely. So I, I've always, I've always loved Spike Lee. And I think I love Spike Lee because my aunt loved Spike Lee. I was really not into what she was into, but she would push everything on me from Prince to (laughs) everything. So me personally, I love, um, I love mafia films. So my first niche for filming I always love Mar and I think I say his name wrong what's his name because he got the weird Italian Scorsese yeah so when I seen Goodfellas that really blew my mind on how actors were so my favorite actor was always Robert De Niro back then right Mm -hmm. but as I really started to look at writing and how um, TV series and things like that are made I got interested in Shonda Rhimes, right? Mm. She is anatomy, scandal. Um, How to Get Away with Murder is my favorite writing of hers because mm. the David, Viola Davis is my favorite actress because I, there are so mo- many movies she's been in that people don't know of. It's crazy. She was in Antoine Fisher. She was his mother. Yeah, she sure you, was. You know what I mean? It's a play. Mm how you spoke about natural, like she, her natural look. And it, it's just, you would love to have an actor, actress like that in your film, right? Mm-hmm. I, um, Taraj, Taraji Henson, I love her. Um, um, Jennifer Lewis, I love her. I love all of them. Um, there's so many of them. Um, Octavia Spencer. There's so many of them that are amazing actresses that that's what you want your actresses to embody right and mm-hmm. mm-hmm. um uh, I would say Chadwick Bos- Boseman I loved him I just it's from James Brown to so watch him in James Brown to transform the way he did I know people love him in Black Panther but mm-hmm. I look at him in roles like 21 Bridges and roles like 
that he did with James Brown dancing and singing. That's hard. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I have a list of actors. We could go on for days about who really influenced the way for me. There's so many people. There's mm-hmm. so the name you mentioned, um, Issa Rae. Yes. So I like what she said that you bring your friends with you. Those people who stuck by you through every bit of your attitude of the struggle, those are the people that you keep with you, right? Right. Oh, distancing yourself because you made it, you know, and use your friends. Like, don't try to write Tyler Perry and say, put me on. You know what I mean? Use the connections you have in your circle to get so that was a big takeaway for me. I try to watch everybody. I try to watch everybody because it could be the smallest person you learn something from. Mm-hmm. The big impact in your life. So I wouldn't say just because someone's famous that I may admire them. In the film festivals I am, I'm in, I mean, these filmmakers are blowing it away. Okay, so I'm inspired by that. I'm inspired by new talent, people that are hungry and you just watch them and you're like, man, they're going to make it because they have that drive. And that's what I have. Wow. And, you know, it's so funny when you mentioned like the earlier works of Viola Davis, when she was nominated for her first Oscar in Doubt, her scene was only like five minutes. It was one scene she had with Meryl Streep when they were talking about the sun. That scene was, I think it was four minutes, but that's how powerful her scene was. She was nominated for a supporting actress Oscar. Four minutes, that's it. She wasn't in a movie any other part of that film. Yes, and that's what I try to tell actors. So I have this one actor, I always say to him, I'm not being tough on you. All I'm saying to you is make your scene memorable it could be a minute it could be two minutes it can be 30 seconds you want someone to say who was that right you Mm -hmm. your your role is to stand out rather we're journalists rather we're filmmakers what makes someone wants want to hire us what makes someone want to refer us to someone else right we have to leave a positive impact on them to do so Mm -hmm. we have to leave a memorable moment for them and so I like that. That's why I love Viola Davis. Anything she's in, I watch it. Mm-hmm. It's one of the things like, oh, she's in it. I got to watch it. And right. that's and how I films to be like, oh, Tony wrote that. I got to watch it. Right. And there's only, and I think everybody, if you're into music or if you're in the film or whatever, there's a certain list of people in our minds. Okay. If that person's in it or if that person wrote it, if that person directed it. Yeah. Oh, wait, I to see it like just on the strength of that person alone that's all you need to know like I said I'm a Issa fanatic so like when I hear Issa Rae is a part of anything I'm like okay I need to run over and support it because like I just feel her particular vibe same thing about Ella Davis if I hear she's in something I'm like okay that's all I need to hear because right. she's an amazing actress and she transforms right. into whatever character she's doing same with Chadwick Boseman I'm so happy you mentioned the James Brown movie because I think people slept on that movie. I love that movie. Like, I watched it so many times, even before he passed. And I that's one of the, you know, there's some movies you can watch over and over. That's one of them, you know. And just his craft, you know, he's just so sorely missed. His craft is just something to watch. Like, I never forget when I saw Black Panther. In the very end, when the little boy asked, well, well, who are you? And he just looked at him. I'm like screaming. I'm grabbing my daughter. I was like, oh my God, this is the best movie I've ever seen. Like he right. sat and it was just the look on his face when he smiled. I was like, oh my God, <laughs> like he's amazing, you know, and you're right. That's the impact you want to have in the media. Like what makes a person want to watch me? What makes a person want to talk to me? Or like you said, I refer, you know what I'm saying? Or watch this or read this script, you know, or watch this film. Like that is the impact people should have. So as a woman of color, have there been any challenges that you face in the media world? Like, is it is it really male-dominated? Have you had any challenges? Have you felt welcome? Like, how has it been as a woman of color being an independent filmmaker? So it, it actually, media has been beautiful to me. Men, women, I've, I've, I've been interviewed by 
all uh, like men, you, women, and I, and different people are uh, different nationalities, right? So it's, it's one of those things where I think if I use the stigma, I'm going to take my damn bracelets off. You know how you put your bracelets on <laughs> and trying to look yeah. cute and then you never get them? Oh, what I'm <laughs> so um, it's one of those things. It's my mindset. If mm. I go something and I say this person is going to treat me a certain way because I'm of color and I'm a woman, that's what's going to likely happen. Right. So I don't go into anything thinking negative. If it mm. happens, I'm going to do my best to overcome that obstacle and go from there. I will say this, the only trouble I always had was with male cast members. Mm-hmm. That's the only thing because I think is when a woman is directing them because so, I'm also I write it and I direct it, right? So I mm-hmm. think sometimes a man's ego may get in the way a little when a woman is taking charge, right? And she's the boss versus the male being uh, said to be the boss so I, I think in when I first started out and it's I think it's the experience as well so if you're dealing with people that are not experienced you may experience that more often than people who are experienced actors so when I first started out that was one of the things I found myself running into all the time were um, older men um, almost like you're not my mother <laughs> You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. that's the only thing I would say. I've always had open arms by other male directors, writers. I don't know what they would say when I'm not there, but in front of me, they showed me love. You know? So I, again, I try to go into everything I do with a positive mindset. And if it gets a little crazy and the person feels a little uncomfortable, let's have that conversation of why you're uncomfortable. Why do you feel threatened by me let's talk about it right mm-hmm. it may have nothing to do with me it could be you right, right. but if it out and you say well so one guy told me up front he said i didn't like you because i thought you were too cocky you were overconfident <laughs> i said overconfident what because of what i feel i bring to the table mm. wow. so again sometimes people don't they take your confidence as you being stuck on yourself or you think but it's not that if you come to me with confidence of what you're bringing to the table i'm gonna admire that Mm -hmm. you're gonna buy confidence right because i'm sure i can show what i can bring to the table right so if you got everybody against each other because one has a this one has a talent you have a talent i have a talent and we're not trying to bring that together that's when chaos happens right right no one's better than anyone. It doesn't matter how high up the pole you are if we're all working together. Mm-hmm. And that's that's where the separation comes around sometimes in the industry is because sometimes people think everything's a competition and it isn't. Right, right. You that's you know, what you said is true though. I think sometimes when a person has a lot of confidence, it can be taken the wrong way. Especially like if another person doesn't have the same level of confidence or they may have some insecurities. Insecurity is like a real deep thing because you never know why a person may have an insecurity over something. Like you said, you're just living your best life, being your natural self and a person is getting offended over just a natural energy, you know? So I I totally get it. I've ran into- Told me that I didn't like didn't like you I thought you were stuck up and you was with some guy I didn't like him either because y'all both look stuck up I said I didn't even know the guy he asked me to take a picture so I took a picture with him right Right? right. so one of the looks can be deceiving get to know someone before you judge them right right and you know I think a lot of people miss out on opportunities simply because of that because preconceived notions are getting about something I just like you said a simple conversation to squashes a lot because I think a lot of times you know in the media field if you're trying to grow whether it's behind the scenes or in front of it I think people do miss opportunities sometimes or just simply because they may got may get intimidated by a person so they're too scared to even take the challenge and try and work with them because they're like oh they won't talk to me or you know are they going to reject 
all a person can tell you is a yes or no too. And I think that's another thing that hinders people sometimes if they're afraid to go for it. Like all a person can tell you is yes or no. And right. a billion other people, if this person won't work with you, hey, there's going to be somebody along the line that's going to be willing to talk with you, even if it's just to talk to you for a short amount of time and give you some gems, you know, you just got to go for it, you know. Right. I agree. I agree. Don't be afraid to talk to anybody. And and just because I look mean doesn't mean I'm mean. I'm the no. nicest, right? So I always tell people that. And I told that gentleman that, like, you misjudged me, right? Mm. Because we're there. We're, we're at a festival to win. We're not there to be, like, shy, right? So we got to put our best foot forward. So our best foot forward isn't being timid, mm. right? It's being, right. let's get it. Yes, so. Exactly. Now, some of your works have been, because I've been researching, have been seven evils just by chance out on a limb. And of course, you mentioned Still Got the Juice and also an animated series, One Cruel Summer. Can you tell us like about the works that you've done and where did you get the storyline for some of these? And also, are you like, what's your style? You know, like Spike Lee, he really does his city, you know, saying where he believes in, you know, his hometown. Do you yeah. ever kind of incorporate Boston in your stories? Like, are you that type of filmmaker and screenwriter where you incorporate your hometown and everything? I'm I will definitely put um, a scene from Boston in, in one of my projects. I'm not someone, I definitely will rep my city because I love mm -hmm. my city, but I'm someone, I love the world. So, mm -hmm. India, I'm going to film there, right? If I'm in New York, I'm going to film there. If I'm in LA, I'm going to film there. It doesn't have to be. I have to film every film in Boston, right? Because there's so much talent everywhere and the world is beautiful, right? Yeah. I, I, I like to travel. So I would be one of those filmmakers that travel different places to just get that vision I'm looking for. Right. And not all the time that's in your city. Mm -hmm. You know, even though I'm a die, I love Boston. Um, I'll shout Boston out anytime, anywhere I am. I still like to travel. I, I want like seven evils is a horror. I would want to travel somewhere where I can feel that vibe. Mm -hmm. I, I can get that spookiness from it. Right. right? And I know so many people are going to be like, but you're from here. <laughs> you know what I mean? All your stuff should be done there. But it's just a vision. Um, still got the juices based in the 90s. So that can be filmed anywhere. Right? right. The, so mm -hmm. You can film any of them anywhere. It's just the vibe for me. It's just, um, just by chance, is would I would film that in Boston because that is a sports comedy. So it's about the guy having being a big football fan and their um, player leads the team and he's so distraught in the middle of COVID. So one, his wife is pregnant. He's been married for two years. He takes it out on her. It's not her fault, but you know how sports fans are. Sports season is now, right? right. So many people are arguing. They, they, it's just, that's something that I would look to film in Boston, but I would want Paul Rudd. I don't know if you know who that is. I would mm -hmm. want to play that guy because mm -hmm. it's just he's over the top funny and yeah. his system is unbelievable have you ever seen I sense of, sure like he definitely has a dry sense of humor i think right and it's funny so that's that's what just by chance is about but to answer your question of course i would film in boston but i would be the traveling queen right because <laughs> i love i just i think those who never travel, you get to show them the world in your eyes, mm -hmm. right? So mm -hmm. doesn't like the plane. She doesn't want to do any of that. So I feel like for people like that, I can bring the world to, to them. Mm. Right, you know? right. Have you ever seen a movie Fever Pitch with Jimmy Fallon and Drew Barrymore? Like the guys obsessed with the Boston Red Sox, like he's <laughs> Yeah, I, I, Jimmy Fallon's the guy who does the late night, right? Right, right. Yep, yep. That movie I mean, is so funny. Like, he's literally obsessed with the Boston Red Sox. And I've seen that. That's another movie, like, I was telling you off, like, you know, some movies you can just watch over and over. Like, right. I just moved the other day, and it's like, I had never, I was laughing so hard. That movie's hilarious. It just well, made me think 
but that's how just by chance is this guy is i think i did see that because someone mm-hmm. oh, i think, think i seen it as on is that the one when they was all in the room eating the pizza um well i don't think there's a scene where they, well they have so many scenes they have one like he has a team of friends too that's obsessed with okay. the red Sox too but like he's a teacher he meets drew barrymore and like she's waiting for like the ball to drop you know when you first date somebody right. like to be true and his right. only thought was that he's literally obsessed with the red Sox, and he's like right. once the season starts that's it like he's right. literally obsessed with it like it almost broke up their relationship but it's so right funny so if you haven't seen it like just hop on Hulu you'll love it because it definitely it's a little love letter to the city to the book to the rest of us for sure but it's so funny so um with your works I know like we talked about a lot of the things that inspired you I I know like there's a like you mentioned Paul Wright is there like a list of maybe some additional actors or actresses that you would love to work with oh yeah there's so many people um, I I know I mentioned Viola Davis. Um, mm-hmm. there's so many actors and actresses that you want to, God rest Michael Williams, um, that just passed away. Yeah. He's a beast. He's mm-hmm. a beast. Mm-hmm. I, I, it, yeah. Those are the people that you're like, damn, if I had an actor like that in my project, I would be, uh, it would blow like what's still got the juice it it is for a young audience mm-hmm. um so there are so so here's when i first started still got the juice i wanted columbus short to be in it mm-hmm. but he was huge and um what was it he was in that movie with um um chris brown um damn it what was it that's not the tip of my tongue with the dance movie i don't know why i can't think of the title watch out think Mm-hmm. When I seen him in that, I was like, I want him to play Dougie and still got the juice. Like, so it's that Dougie's like that um, athletic type of guy, but he's in a cultural family. Like they're Jamaican and they're strict. So they have strict, strict rules. Right. Mm-hmm. So I kind of put my upbringing, my family's Cape Verdean. So it's like Portuguese and African. So they're off the coast of Africa that's where our family's from. They have these real strict rules for women, not for the men, for women, mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and have to follow them. And if you don't, it's like you're the black sheep of the family, right? So even with the mothers, with their sons, they're like, it's not like they're dating their sons, but their sons, women or girlfriends are never better, good enough for them because they feel like they're the prize for their son. Mm-hmm. So- I just felt like he could have pulled that role off so well with being not only the athletic part of it, but being um, a rebel, like going mm-hmm. against parents, being a straight eight student student to going to like just screwing it up because they don't let him listen to music outside, any outside influence, they stop it. And he has an older brother, Johnny, that's abusive physically to him, right? Oh, wow. At some point, that's going to take a toll on him and he's going to snap, you know? But what we try to do is what's still got the juice is let you look at the upbringing, right? Mm -hmm. Because all stock from within, we become who we are from how we were raised. Rather, we were raised by people in the street, foster care, wherever it is. That's where we get our personality from. But it's up to us as we become adults, if we're going to carry that torch of how we was raised or are we going to learn to think for ourselves, Mm. right? right? So, Still got the juices about losing yourself and finding your way. And when my sister died, I lost myself. So all mm-hmm. the stories of the people I met when she died came from them. Wow. Right? So that's how I came up with um, Still Got the Juice. Seven Evils also stems from my family because my family did some crazy, you know, cultural stuff like Black mm-hmm. Matter was kids so it's all those things that I heard and I never seen it personally but I heard it and I would see like my sister and them intrigued by that and it used to scare me right Mm -hmm. I I I wanted to write about it because I was like the only way I can overcome my fear is by doing that right Right. I 
ever wanted to write horror because I always thought I was opening the door I wasn't supposed to, right? But mm -hmm. once I did it, yes, I scared the crap out of myself for weeks, but I was able to have that closure of not fearing the unknown, not touching it, but talking about it and creating a crazy story that's fiction. Only some parts are like, you got to figure out what's true. Mm -hmm. That makes Hey, I'm not doing that. If if that happened to him playing with black magic, I'm not going to do it, right? So right. that's how Seven Evils stemmed from a little boy seeing, being afraid of evil and having to basically save his family and everybody else, basically save his family and everybody else from a tower moment, which is when you pull tarot cards, you see the tower card? That mm -hmm. means something about to happen. And for mm -hmm. you to... It, you have to overcome that tower. So it goes deep, but that's how I came up with that. And like I said, with the football, we lost one of our great players in New England. We lost Tom Brady to the Buccaneers, right? So right. the town was in shambles because of it. So I thought it would be funny to write a comedy about a sports guy just losing his mind over it, right? Mm -hmm. And that's what with by chance. So, yes. Funny that I see that because I'm from New Orleans, so obviously everyone's obsessed with the Saints here. So that's <laughs> I get yeah. it. That's a storyline. So I know you also like has stories about witchcraft too. The whole city, the, like, Marie Laborde, I guess that's. I mean, we know like voodoo is like a huge. I think some people are like kind of. It depends on a person whether they want to talk about it or not. So you know, there's a lot of behind that and there's all types of ghost tours and everything if people for anyone that's in the halloween new orleans is actually one of the most fun places to be for halloween like i actually halloween's one of my favorite holidays actually but it's a fun place to be it's but you want to get deep into the stuff a lot of people do go on those ghost tours and all that stuff you know so. yeah, that would, yeah i'll send someone else to do it <laughs> yeah I'm not that deep into it, like certain things, like, nah, I'm not, you know, going, you know, but people that I've met that's not from the city, they're fascinated by, like, the graveyards and stuff like that. It's like, yeah, I'll show you how to get to it, but, like, nah, I'm not going <laughs> to, like, I'm not getting that deep into it at all. So, like, I know you mentioned your sister and how, you know, losing her affected you. How are you able to take, you know, that pain and put it into purpose? Because I know, like, from what you said, it really, you were inspired to work and like to eventually get out of, you know, the pain and shift it, shift that energy. How was that experience to shift your pain into purpose? Because I know it couldn't have been easy. No, it wasn't. And I felt like I, I felt like I made myself busy so I wouldn't think of her death because we were so close. And uh, if, if I, I don't know if you've ever, experience someone dying that you were really really close to but when my sister died I wanted to die the same day she did and I was sitting outside the hospital and it was like the matrix you know how Neo is like transforming into the matrix they plug him in and mm -hmm. like you see the things taking over his body like it's climbing up him right. it was that for me like this sensation like it started from my feet and it was cold like mm. ice and it was trapped once it got to here I was like god I don't want to die I don't want to die I don't want to die and it stopped because mm. wow. I was and I was like I want to go with my sister I want to die I don't want to be here if she's not here you got to be mm. careful you wish for because yeah. some things happen when you least expect it so I took her death so hard that I feel like everybody distanced themselves from me because I was so depressed. Mm -hmm. um, and she left behind five kids. So they looked just like her and they kind of didn't want to be around me because I was so hurt that she died. Right. Because we, I was there. I wasn't, I went home. I, I, I was with her every step of the way, the day my niece called me and was like, her eyes are yellow. That means your liver gave out the genre. What is it called? Yandra? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I was at work and I said, they can't deny her. They call the ambulance, take her to the hospital. I'll get off of work and I'll meet you there. So I go to, it's an hour away to where she is. I go, 
mind you, the ambulance is just leaving when I'm getting there from her house. Mm-hmm. I meet at the hospital. I had this dream prior to that, that she was going to die. And the way she died, same way my dream was. But I could not go in the room to say goodbye to her because my body just couldn't move. Mm-hmm. I, I like twice to go in and say goodbye and I couldn't and she didn't have a casket or none of that. They just cremate, cremated her. Um, so I buried myself and this Rasta guy basically told me I look like death. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It was at a time before you go, Tony, you gotta, she's still here. It, it just because her flesh isn't here, she's still here. So I just started burying myself in my work. I started burying myself around people. I was very vulnerable. So anybody that would seem like they love me, I would attach myself to them, even though it was genuine. You know right. what I mean? If you mm-hmm. remind yeah, my sister, I was attaching myself to you because I wanted her back, right? right. So right. I just, what broke me out of it was one day in December, it was 2018. It's like, she told me, Tony, let me go. Mm-hmm. Wow. Let me go. You got to let me go. And it killed me. I let her go. Mm-hmm. I had in peace. And that's when I began to find peace with her death because she died in 2015 and once I released her on her anniversary, her, she died December 10th, 2015. So a couple of days after that, it was, it was like she was nagging me, like, you got to let me go. You're too depressed. It's not your time to go, Tony. Like, you got to let me go. And I was still, you could tell I was still really depressed, even though you would see me and it would look like I was having fun. You mentioned her name. I bust out crying. Mm, wow. I, holidays, I wouldn't be around anybody. And once I let her go, I begin to live. I begin to understand what death meant and and how it still affects me. Like I miss her every day, you know, Mm -hmm. but I dedicate my life to basically honoring her memory, right? So as I get, like I put her on our poster for episode five of Still Got the Juice When I Knew You. Um, I, I, that's the film. That's actually the project that's been winning in the festivals is the episode mm-hmm. that has her on it. Um, and God, God help me get through it. Mm-hmm. Right. He sends you people when you're, when you lose somebody, you're very vulnerable. So you have to be careful of people that pretend that they're, um, trying to console you, but they may be out for other things. Right. So mm-hmm. it's I'm thankful to have some of the people that I had around me to teach me that the person is still around, even though they're not in the flesh, but it mm. was just her, my sister's voice saying, let me go. Right. Right. Wow. Rest in peace. You're, I wasn't letting her rest because I just was holding on to her, you know? Yeah. And so once I let her go, I was able to, put myself in the position to live again. Mm, wow. Got the juices, losing yourself to find your way again. And I was so lost, not saying I'm completely healed because mm-hmm. I have, and my moments seem to hit when her anniversary is coming up. Yeah. yeah. Or, or, or just when all the accomplishments I have, it hits me like, damn, she's not here. This is what she wanted to do as well. And she's not here to see this, but I know she is, you know, in spirit, right? Um, But if I can give any advice to anybody, I can't tell you how to heal. All I could say is it's going to take time. It could take many years, but Mm. you got to allow yourself to live a little Mm. each without them. And that's so tough to do. It's so tough to tell somebody that they lost somebody they really love that never tell them to get over it. I have people to say to me, that's family, get over it. She's dead. You mm-hmm. don't say people, let them grieve. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let them think into a hole and then mm-hmm. take their life because they're depressed. Right. So I had guys help me through my depression. Mm-hmm. Wow. Oh, God talk me to me like I was their sister, like 
Tony, we love you. We don't want to see you like this. You know, used to have the juice. And that's how I said I still got the juice because they they told me like it was like, if you keep being depressed, you're going to die. I was never big to begin with. But when I say it looked like death, my face was real drawn in. I was like, I looked unhealthy. I was I love to dress. I wasn't dressing anymore. I wasn't doing my hair anymore. I would have on baseball caps, baggy clothes. It was like you would swear something worse happened to me, but it was because my sister died and I just was numb. Pod's team is excited to announce the new Bootstrap Bootcamp. This self-paced course is loaded with worksheets and innovative industry advice to make your business become more profitable in the next 30 days. This course is specifically designed for solopreneurs or those that work in small teams. We focus on the whys and hows of entrepreneurship to help you make time for the important things in life and take it to the next level. Take back your confidence and become the business owner you've always wanted to be. If you get stuck, our course is equipped with industry experts in business management, podcasting, social media, customer relations, and more. We're here to give you powerful strategies that have been refined for small business owners like yourself. Sign up today at entrepods.com forward slash bootstrap dash bootcamp. I was so numb from it. Wow. feel like I'm still numb to love people because of it, because she left and you sometimes don't want to get close to people because you, that feeling of losing that is too much for me. Right. Right. So that's something I'm working on, but it's tough, but that is something that still lingers and haunts me. Now, obviously you built yourself back up, you know, from going through a very dark place and experiencing a tremendous loss. How has, how has your self-worth gotten, though, like loving yourself, like, and how has that helped you get to where you are now? So what role has self-love played in your current space? You know, because like I said, you came from a dark area, you know, yeah. and now you're, you know, you're moving forward. And still holding on to that love you have for her, but you're moving forward and accomplishing some amazing things that you never thought you would even do. Right. So bro has self-love played in that. Because like you say, you got to have that confidence and you obviously have to love yourself to know that you can create these amazing things. So what role has the self-love played for you? I mean, I have to give my aunt a lot of that credit. And what, my sister came to me in a dream one time and she said, you being pretty. I miss you um, dressing up. She said that to me. And I told my aunt, she said, Tony, I miss you being that. I miss you being confident. I miss how you walk in a room and everybody's like, that's your niece. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I, it took a long time for me to even understand what they were saying to build myself back up to loving myself again, because I felt like I could have done more to save her. And I, I was blaming myself a lot for her not being here, even though it had nothing to do to me. She got cancer and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Right. But at the end of the day, what I did is every day I get up and I look in the mirror and I tell myself that I'm somebody. Mm-hmm. I am somebody. I am somebody. That's all I tell myself. I don't tell myself I'm beautiful, nothing like that, because I'm always in the mirror putting on makeup, doing stuff like that. But I think the problem we have is we don't tell ourselves enough that we are valuable, right? That mm-hmm. we we can do anything we want to do, right? So say if I'm going out to get a job, I can manifest it because I truly believe it. I truly believe it right? I don't put any thing in my head to make me think I can't do it. So for me, self-love is not about the clothes I wear. It's not about how many um, fake eyelashes, extensions, any of that I put on me is what I have in my heart, right? Mm. What is coming out of that is going to reflect my flesh, right? 
So it, it's 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 like I beauty is in the eyes of the beholder. That's what they always say. So you can be beautiful on the outside and have a terrible attitude, which makes you look unattractive, mm-hmm. right? So for me, I had to change drastically who I was inside because who I was inside, I hated. I hated everybody. I blamed everybody for my sister dying and I just became a monster. So nothing you could tell me is right. I'm, I'm, I was always right. Everything you were telling me was wrong. You're, so I had to change my way of thinking. I When I changed my behavior is when I began to like myself more because mm-hmm. I became more friends because I wasn't this closed up person. I wasn't this monster that you didn't want to be around me because I would want to hurt you on purpose because I was hurting. Right. So that's where I got my self-love by changing myself from the inside. And then that reflects the outside. Wow. I love that. The inside reflecting in the flesh. Like that's like, I love, love, love that. That's amazing. So lastly, what advice do you have for any young woman or even young man that tunes in and they have some aspirations to either be on film or be behind it? Because that's the great thing about the media. There's so many different roles a person can, you know, join in, you know, cinematography, screenwriting, acting, stage direction, so many different things. So what advice do you have for someone that's starting out, whether they're young or old, but they have that fire in them, but they may not know where to start or they just may need some inspiration. So what advice would you have? I mean, always, always try to get to know somebody who knows the business, who actually they know more than you so they can teach you. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? If you're around some, try to get around as many people as you can that do what you want to do. So if there's an industry you want to be in, try to join groups that do that. Um, also study. I, I, I'm a big believer in if you want to get into this industry, whatever field it is, look at what you want to do and at least an hour a day, study up on it, right? Mm-hmm. Take a class. If you can't take a class, jump on YouTube. They have so many seminars, right? jump on YouTube. They have so many seminars, right? That are actually classes, right? That they hold for students. So you can look at those, you can buy books, but the main important thing is even when you're studying, you want to be hands-on. So see if you can, if somebody will let you come on their set, right? And see how they run their production. What, I mean, what can you, the person can't steal your ideas if you're on set. You can sign a non-disclosure, Go on with them and get your hands dirty, right? Mm. Do that. Surround yourself with people who want to win and want to see you win and never give up even if you're rejected. You said that in the very beginning. Mm-hmm. If you, if people quit when they don't feel accepted, right. right? And that's where I say when self-love comes into play because if you walk in with confidence, it doesn't matter who doesn't like you? It doesn't matter. Your belief in yourself is what's going to take you to the next level because people are always inspired by someone who believes in themselves so much they attract that like a magnet to them. So mm-hmm. you're believing you wanted to you want to do film. That's your heart. You already said you want to write it and do it. You're going to attract that energy. You're going to attract filmmakers to you. You're going to attract writers to you, people who want to help you because you believe in that. That's Mm. what you need. You have to think positive and those things will come true for you with you putting in the work. So nothing happens without you putting in work, Mm. right? It's not, nothing that we both do is easy. It's long, sleepless nights. It takes a long time. And just treat people right. Treat people good. Even if they say no, not right now, do not go slandering their name because they said no. Mm-hmm. They, it's just not your time. Right. Look at the back they're giving you. If you need to polish up, do it. If you don't, keep going on, but stand out. Make sure you stand out. Make your um, legacy memorable. That would be what I would really say. 
Uh, that's great advice. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much for an amazing conversation. I really, really, really appreciate you. Before we end everything, though, just tell the viewers how they can find you, how they can find you on social media, how they can contact you, and how they can look at some of your work that's already completed. Yep. So we are definitely high in the film festivals with all of our screenplays so please be patient with our visuals because still got the juice has a ton of visuals but we are not using those because we recasted everyone Mm -hmm. so stay tuned for that because we have some great things coming up but you can find me on twitter under filmmaker tony t-o-n-i um you can find me on instagram at um tony underscore filmmaker underscore fernandez um, and we do have a still got the juice page, still dot got dot the juice on Instagram. And on Facebook, you can find me on um, Tony Filmmaker Fernandez as well. And I definitely give some gems on there pretty much every day um, just to make it inspirational for people who follow me. That way you're not giving up and we're not allowing you to give up if you're following us. Awesome. Thank you so much for contributing. Yeah this amazing industry like you said and like we were saying off camera there's room for everybody and this is a great 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 field especially for creatives that like to see people that look like us right working creating work for us like I've always said to people I've had on the show in the past actors and creatives we hold the blueprint you know we want to see more stories that represent us well guess what we got to write them you know (laughs) if you want to see people bring us in a particular light, we got to direct them, you know, so we hold the blueprint. So I want to thank you for being a part of that creative world, putting our stories out there and representing us correctly. Once again, guys, this is Miss Tony Fernandez. Please check out, go ahead and follow her on social media. When this episode is published, I'll have all her information listed. So be sure to listen or watch this episode. It'll be on all streaming platforms and also on YouTube. That's on Go Queen TV. You can access all the links by just going to www.thecutechat.com. And just remember, like Tony dropped some amazing gems. Make sure you believe in yourself. Have that confidence because if you don't believe in yourself, well, how can you expect somebody else to want to believe in what you're trying to put out there if you don't even believe in it? Having that confidence, like she said, it brings the right people to you like a magnet. And rejection, I know it's hard, but rejection really is part of the game. You know, you got to take that rejection and flip it. Right. They're going to come to me eventually, you know. Right. This isn't a time, but when you get rejected, don't make it be like the end sentence for you. Just be like, okay, I'm going to really show this person why they're going to want to work with me soon. And if they they don't, you know, but just have that confidence regardless. Like when you have that confidence, nothing should knock you off that peg. You know, (laughs) like nothing because you have to have that confidence. Nothing will knock you. Nothing. Nothing will knock you. Right. You got to believe in yourself. So just make sure you guys remember that. And of course, like I always say, self-love is the tool to have that confidence and believe in yourself. So when you love yourself, you'll know that you're worthy of accomplishing that dream and that goal. So make sure you guys be safe and go love yourself. And thank you for tuning in. Go Queen, go Queen.